Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I am all in. More, more, more. I want to kiss you more. More, more, more. I want to kiss you more. I am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, everybody. Hey, it's Scott Patterson, and this is the I Am All In podcast from iHeartRadio and 111 Productions. And man, we got a barn burner in Norman tonight, I'll tell you, with this episode. The third Lorelei Marion Ross making, I believe, her debut in the series, and what an auspicious debut it was. Good Lord. Have you ever seen Emily Gilmore so, let me say, fatutzed, <laughs> to borrow a word? Perfect uh, word. I mean, just, just losing her mind that this woman was visiting from London, that Richard was so happy about it. And my God, she was just not, she was out of her element. She was going to, her home was being invaded by this woman. Obviously they don't get along. And it was one of the funniest episodes. Those exchanges between uh, 
between Marion Ross and, and uh, Kelly Bishop were classic and some of the best laughs I've had in the whole thing. And there's, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. You got Tristan and, and Rory, you know, talking a little bit and uh, Paris getting set up with uh, Tristan and, and my God, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of intrigue here. Lorelai getting offered a boatload of money. And then, uh, from uh, from tricks from from the third Lorelei, and then it all blows up in her face. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Emily just, but you know, I think Emily did have a point. I think Emily was concerned that it obviously if she was going to lose control, it was going to affect the nature of the relationship. It was going to affect their ability to guide Rory uh, onto Harvard or onto Yale. And Trixie wanted to go, her to go to Yale, but Emily wants to, her to go to Harvard. Um, so. You know, that's kind of what we're dealing with this in that episode, but we've never seen Emily, you know, on the hot seat like this. I mean, just so out of her element in her own home. And that woman, what a presence. I mean, is that cheese? Do you want me to eat that cheese? Am I supposed to eat that cheese? I mean, how do you even deal with a woman <laughs> like that? And and then she's like, uh, "Am I supposed to eat these spice nuts out of my hand?" Wait, Riley, should you, should we give Riley a chance to do the uh, tricks uh, voice? Oh yes, 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 <laughs> Riley, tee it, we teed it up for you. Let's see what you can do. Let's see what you can do with the voice. Go ahead, because you're you know you're the impressionist in the crew here. Go ahead. Yeah, she's so good. She, you ex- far exceeded expectations with the Muppet thing. <laughs> Let's go. Let's see if you can do Marion Ross as tricks. Go ahead. Should I eat these spice nuts out of my hands? What? Whoa. That's Whoa. horrible. That's not going to. Scott did gonna, it way better. That's Scott, not going to work. That was, yeah. What What was that? It felt a little <laughs> I German. Like, I, I was Brando. trying to put an English accent so what on am there. I supposed it, to, no, she's fancy. She talks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she talks fancy. Yeah. Don't bring on my kid. Go away. <laughs> See, that's where you, that's right in your wheelhouse right there. Maybe we should stick with cartoon characters or Muppet characters for Riley, because that's where you live. One more try before we give up on you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One more try. One more, time. One more shot at Marion Ross. Go ahead. Do I eat these spice nuts out of my hands? The heck was that? <laughs> what is happening? It doesn't She's even so make bad. sense. Makes no sense what you just Scott, did. Scott, you kind of nailed it. Is that cheese? I can't, re- I can do them sort of you know, loose impressions. I can't nail people's voices, but I can do, I can, I can do different accents. Should I eat these nuts out of my hand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She talks snarky. No, fancy. She said, what am I supposed to do? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, the iconic Marion Ross, do you remember yeah. her being around? I wasn't in this episode. I know, but like, so I wasn't there. must've been around. No, no. On days I'm not working, I'm not hanging around the set. <laughs> yeah, I'm just showing. I'm for off a good in time. the mountains somewhere skiing. <laughs> I'm like celebrating having a couple of days off in a row. I mean, if, I I think it's the only episode that I wasn't in. <laughs> Can you imagine if you came to work and people are like, "What are you doing here, dude?" You're just like, oh, just "Yeah, they would be." It's like, "Why are you here? What are you? <laughs> well, you're here doing PR because no, they didn't include you in that. So why are you here? <laughs> you know what I mean?" So that was. Pretty iconic, yeah. though, because so, I noticed she got special guest star status. She was a special guest mm-hmm. star. And, I mean, yes. she is Mrs. Cunningham. It's like even this many years later, she I is. mean, Happy Days was in the 70s. And this, so that's what, mm-hmm. 50 years. And to me, she's just immediately, oh, that's Mrs. That's Mrs. C. 
She's got those uh, classical chops. She's got, you know, that Shakespeare coming out of her. And she's just, you know, laying down some serious attitude on how, how can anybody make Emily look vulnerable mm-hmm. or even sympathetic, right? Yeah, and, great point. And, and Marion did it, like, yep. in spades. Because didn't you all kind of feel for her? Poor Emily just getting like just ripped apart pillar to post (laughs) in everything she came out of her mouth. Right from the moment Richard reveals she's coming, you see Emily like, oh, God. And then the down to the basement to get all the crap that she's given them to put all over. I mean, immediately you're like, oh, wow, she does not like this lady. But why does she all of a sudden care so much? She's Emily Gilmore. She's married to Richard Gilmore. Why on earth? Is she so fatutzed? Here's another word, fatutzed about Marion <laughs> coming to town. Why does she care so much? Why? Because she loves Richard and Richard worships her. What? This is a woman who's in her late 60s, right? In the show, she's in her late 60s. You have, right? At that point in her life, at her station in life, with her husband of, you know, 50 years, what have you. Why does she give a rat's you-know-what about what his mother thinks and to the point where she's freaking out? I want, I want somebody to give me an answer. Why does she care so much that she's so freaked out? Mother-in-laws. But why at her age is she still, is she still seeking approval to the point where she feels she's not going to get it, so she's nervous and she's agitated and she doesn't want the, the stress? Why can't she just be herself? Mother-in-laws. What control? Okay, so the question is, what control does Marion Ross have over Richard and Emily's marriage? What does Emily have to gain from? And I hate to even go here, but I mean, it might answer help answer the question. Um, what does Emily have to gain from the demise of the third Lorelei? Mm. Would will Richard be getting a boatload of money that you know that Emily's afraid she's going to miss out on if Richard, who's so you know controlled by his own mother, uh, decides to divorce her? So I mean, what is she so afraid of? I don't of? think it's I don't think it's money. I think Emily wants her mother in law to like her. Everyone wants their mother in law to like them, especially when their husband has that close bond. But she's in her late 60s. She's only, what is she? She's probably 60, yeah. But it's out of character for Emily. Why does she give a damn? Mother-in-law. Why can't she stand up to her and say, you know what? Because you can, I mean, okay. What, how do you, how well do you get along with your mother-in-law? Talk about it. Mother-in-laws are stressful. That I get pers- along very well with my mother-in-law. She's a very sweet woman. Well, you're you're lucky because the tricks isn't sweet. So Emily has that stress and pressure and Richard is a mama's boy. But I've okay, so I've been in situations like this where uh, you know, you're a certain age and you just you don't give a damn. So like, I don't give a damn if you like me or not. <laughs> so you just, you know, you, you the question is why is em- Emily who is so comfortable inside her own skin and so herself Right. I mean, that's Emily full bore all the time, what you're seeing. And now all of a sudden she's melting down because it's, you know, in her late sixties, then, you know, tricks is coming to town and uh, who cares now if she was a younger woman, 
if she was a younger woman, I can, and she could, the way she sort of, Emily wears the pants in that family. All of a sudden, she's not wearing the pants anymore. Right, right. No, you're making excellent uh, points. Somebody needs to explain this to me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get I think it. You, I think you're summing it up perfectly, though. You're analyzing it perfectly. Emily, who's tough and, you know, controls everything. Now there's somebody that has superiority over her and she's freaking out. And, it, and we see this play out as we'll talk to about the money. I don't think it's Emily uh, uh, worried about missing out on a on a on a will, a, a piece of her fortune or whatever it is, because it doesn't seem like she's she's that well off if she's only going to, you know, give Rory a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred a quarter million dollars. It's not that much money. I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's not that much money for, for people at that level, you know, and if you're going to take care of your granddaughter. And, and you're worth a boatload, you're going to do better than $250,000. Yeah. No, you're right. It's not the like money. She came, all the way, well, she came all the way from New York. I mean, all the way from London to Hartford to set up a trust. And I mean, I mean that was her purpose for coming. So anyway, I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why Emily is, she's losing her mind. And why? You're Emily Gilmore. I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to break down because the money brings power and control. And if, if Lorelai gives Rory that money, Emily loses that power of the Friday night dinner. But she's not anticipating that. She was freaked out that Trix was coming before she knew about the offer. True. You're right. That's a great point. So why is she so damn freaked out? It's a mother-in-law thing. And I think they both want to be number one. They want, both want to be number one in Richard's life. And mm-hmm. he loves his mom, but he also loves Emily. And they both want to be the in number one spot. What a weird dynamic. Yeah. What a very strange dynamic. My God. I have experience with this dynamic. I've seen this dynamic before. It's very odd. And common when a when a mother when a when a, when a mother holds sway over a son, even you know when her son is in his fifties and sixties. I mean, it's just very weird. Um, I mean, on a certain level, it's endearing, right? It's kind of sweet, but Jesus to rule over a, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I think she maybe sees it as her responsibility as the matriarch. Um, in this sort of dynasty she has in her head about the Gilmores or something. Um, but, I, you know, maybe we just needed a little more background on tricks. You know, maybe if they built her up a little more into being this, you know, she's a billionaire. She's one of the most influential people in the world. You know, she can ruin your life. She can make your life miserable if she doesn't like you, this kind of a thing. Then I can see Emily being nervous, right? So we have to please this woman, not because of the sway she holds over Richard, but she's a very powerful person. I'm not getting that from what I'm saying. But anyway, that's just the question I have to ask. And I think we could use a little Muppet, little Muppet in the discussion. How about a little Muppet <laughs> clip? Hmm? Don't bring on my kid. Go away. <laughs> 
That's the best thing I've ever heard. You know what I want to do, Riley? I swear to God, I want to put that on my next album. I want to put that clip on my next record. I want it to be either at the very beginning of it or at the very end. It's like at the end of some Beatles songs in the White Album, John Lennon screams out, I got blisters on my fingers. That could be my, I got blisters on my fingers on my next record. Okay. Promise me, promise me you'll let me use that clip. Don't bring on my kid, go away. <laughs> I'm, I'm mortified and honored all at the same time. <laughs> That's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. Oh, man. Oh, man, you're getting down with that impression. You're just getting down. Uh, so anyway, you know, I'm going to calm down a little bit. And I'm going to stop asking questions because I just want to go along and be a sheep. Um, Riley, why don't you uh, bring us in with the synopsis of the episode of The Third Lorelei? This is episode 18, The Third Lorelei, air date March 22nd, 2001. Lorelai's paternal grandmother arrives from England and stresses Emily out in a big way. All right, everybody. Uh, well, that was quite a discussion. Anyway, so listen, we got to take a little break, but guess who's coming up? The one and only Third Lorelei herself, her own self in the flesh, Marion Ross, coming to you from her tower on high, her castle, her perch, her... <laughs> Lofty, elevated space. The one and only Marion Ross is coming to visit us here at our little, humble little show. And we're very, very excited. So uh, let's take a little break and we'll be right back with Marion Ross. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it's Jana Kramer. The iHeartRadio Music Festival is back. Join us for the official iHeartRadio Music Festival pre-show podcast hosted by me, Jana Kramer. It's going to be a blast and we will have all your favorite celebrities and artists joining, such as Chrissy Metz, Debbie Gibson, Joey McIntyre, Donnie Osmond, 98 Degrees, Teddy Mellencamp, and so many more. Get your tickets today at onlocationlive.com. Let's get lucky. Okay, everybody, we're back, and uh, we're going to talk to Marion Ross. Uh, I think she's waiting in the green room with all of that accoutrement and all of the <laughs> French soda surrounding her and <laughs> French products and high British tea and... You know, there's all sorts of things. There's tomes. There's leather tomes, leather tomes with leather bindings from old, old first folios. Yes. Now let's bring her in. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk to Marion Ross in a second. I'm very excited about it. I want to know why. You know what I want to know most first and foremost is why Richard. And I hate to say this. And I know it's probably going to get edited out, but why is he acting like such a little bitch? You know, because it's like, it's like if, 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 if my, and my, if my wife is getting what for from my mom, no matter how much I'm obsessed with my own mommy, at a certain point, I'm going to say, you know, I mean, Richard didn't even give us a mother. Don't talk to Emily that way. I mean, you know what I mean? There was none of that. There was nothing. He was just like smiling the whole time. You know, so I saw him as a little kid, like on his little, on his little bicycles beaming up at his mother, you know, with the, the guy at the corner store says, your son came in here and destroyed my entire candy display. And I want you, I want the money now. And, and then Marion Ross is a younger woman going, how dare you raise your voice to me? Get out of this house before I have you thrown out. And Richard just sitting there blowing all these bubbles, just smiling at the guy, sitting there going, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it was the same so guy. accurate. But it's it so was accurate. why? Why? Why is mama's he mama's boy? He's a mama's boy. Why is he I... all of a sudden it's like he's married to his mother and like, yeah, let's yeah. just, you know, mom's tricks is having a good time with Emily, like being a total shit heel to her. <laughs> he's not yeah. saying anything. Yeah, you I mean, nailed it. Come on, man. No wonder Emily is so angry and uptight. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be around that either because it's not just she's got to deal with. She, she's she's going to have to deal with, with third Laurel. She's got to deal with her husband acting like a jackass. 
You know, it's like I mean, you nailed it. That is spot on. All right. I'm I'm just looking. This is just what I see. Hate me if you all you want. You know, I, I'm 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 not trying to tear apart the show. I just logically, it yeah. makes no damn sense to me. See that that's the only part I disagree. It makes perfect sense to me. Okay, Mama's boy. She's got mother-in-law stress. Right. It literally seems just exactly how you would think it would go. So Emily is hanging on by a thread, knowing she's married to some. Weak need whipped mama's boy, right? And she's just hanging in there for the money, right? I think she's like, oh, no, you know, I can't blow this. I don't think it has to do with the money. I think she just wants the <laughs> approval from tricks. She wants tricks to like her. That's why she's running around getting spice nuts and putting that coat rack out and the weird, all the weird gifts and the rug and the carrying stuff up and down and ah, just helicoptering. Like, I want this woman to like me. If my grandmother if my father's mother had treated my mother that way and talked to her that way about like you know we're not having dessert i've vi visited villages in cambodia where i didn't have dessert either right right and, you know i mean all these great lines and there's no response my mother would have punched her in the teeth here's what we haven't talked about yet emily puts up with it all until it threatens her relationship with lorelei and rory and then she says richard you need to handle this like you we cannot have tricks giving this money because it right. will ruin everything we've just finally gotten back. But Richard doesn't handle it. I think he did. He didn't. How did he, how, how did he, how did he handle it? I feel like that scene where they're having tea and then she decides not to give the money. You think Richard had a talk with her and on top of that, she heard, she overheard uh, Lorelai and Emily arguing about it. Correct. I think, I think Deep down, Trix is a super decent woman and she is super smart. So she realized, ah, mm -hmm. uh, this is causing problems. I'm not going to let them know that I actually have a warm heart, but I'm going to I'm going to fix this. I don't know, because that's a scene that would have been a scene that would have been written. And what a scene it would have been between, uh, you know, mama's boy and mama. Right. Why didn't we get the scene? Because I think we're supposed to. And again, it, you could be right that it was just that she overheard the conversation. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Trix isn't going to ever let her guard down for anyone to realize. But inherently, she believes in family. And she realized, OK, wait, I'm screwing up this secession that I have that mm -hmm. matters to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to have that happen. Because the bloodline, the succession is more important than me giving Rory this money now. Maybe it's it's the fact that I think maybe it's the fact, maybe I'm just an outside possibility. Maybe it's the fact that uh, 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 Emily, I'm sorry, uh, Marion Ross feels threatened by Emily for and they're in competition for the affections of Ed. Ed Herman. So like he's my boy. He may, he's probably an only child if he's behaving this way. I mean, I can't imagine he has brothers and sisters. Not to not to trash only children, but I mean, they have a very very close special bond with one or both parents. Right. Um. Even to the point where it can be debilitating, and I think we're seeing evidence of that because Richard's just sitting there with his drink yeah. going la di da. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When when, when Trix is just taken apart. 
Emily. She's just, she's being, you can't be meaner or more condescending to another human being than what we, what we witnessed in that episode. I mean, she just takes her apart. I mean, no, I mean, that was no respect toward Emily. There was just utter hostility and everything she said to her. Yeah, which is exactly what you would expect of a mother-in-law in that situation, wealthy wow. and privileged to the daughter-in-law. It's like their mother-in-laws are notorious Ed for Herman. being mean, in quotes, to the daughter-in-law. Richard, step in, man. And like, you know, <laughs> it's like a prize fight. You got to, the ref's got to step in and warn the person that's like doing the cheap shots. Like you do that again, I'm taking yeah. a point away from you. You know what I mean? I think Richard's just oblivious to it. He doesn't care. He's so like into his mom and, you know, he knows he loves Emily. So it just didn't matter to him. Yeah. He, He's yeah. so like, yeah, let me escort you to the dining room. Even though it's seven Oh five, we're five minutes late. Like he's a, he's a you know. snooty bitch is what he is. <laughs> Good God. Really? That's your wife. Hey, you know what? Uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not talking about Ed Herman personally, who uh, I have such a deep respect for. It's it's really, you know, listen, I went to college uh, to uh, to get a degree in comp lit. And it's what I'm trained to do. It's what my brain does. It's where I go when I break things down. I analyze character. I analyze narrative. I analyze storylines. And, um, you know, I've written a bunch of screenplays. I'm not saying I'm the best writer in the world, uh, uh, but I am a pretty good structuralist and uh, I kind of know the craft. And and so when I see these these things that stick out to me, I, I, I want to point them out to our audience. And I, I'm, I really it's for me, it's educational in that, of course, it's the first time I've seen it. So it's kind of. You know, it's, it's virgin ter territory for me. And it's shocking to me. And I want to ex be able to express that. I'm not trying to offend anybody. OK, I'm really, really not. I'm just I'm trying to open up my own eyes while maybe opening up a few other eyes in the audience and getting a debate going, because I this is kind of, you know, this is how I really see it. And I'm not going to you know, this is my unfiltered self. And I mean, if you compare it to. You know, Luke Danes, that's I'm the actor that portrayed that guy. And I, I have my own voice. And I know some people are going to be disturbed by that, but that's just the way things are. And, uh, you know, we're you know, we're going to be real with you guys. I mean, we're, we're authentically the people that we are. Uh, at all times on this podcast, I mean, as you know, Amy's very opinionated. I'm very opinionated. And that's just the show. That's what we have cobbled together here. And and we think that's what you deserve, because I don't think anybody else has really done this. Um, so anyway, it's just we hope it's interesting for you. We're, we're really not trying to offend anybody at all or cause any kind of controversy. And these aren't personal knocks against the actors. It's just how I feel in the moment about the characters. So it's really more an analysis of the writing than anything. It's not an analysis of the acting or anything. It's, it's really more an analysis of the writing because I'm a writer at heart. So there you go. Take it for what it's worth and uh, just keep, you know, listening and enjoying. And, and yes, give us your comments. You are, you are not shy. <laughs> we welcome them. You know, sometimes they're a little, they're a little aggressive, a little negative. And you know what? That's fine. That's what we signed up for. You know, I mean, I, I played professional baseball for seven years. I, I didn't always win, you know, and then you get, you get negative feedback from the coaches. Like, you know, 
you know, you gotta, you gotta up your game. So we, we really appreciate, uh, all of these comments, positive and negative. And, uh, you know, you're the soul of what we do and that you're the reason why we're doing it. So we want to serve you and we're not, please, we're not trying to offend anybody and especially not the actors. And also to just sort of, you know, to cap this off, um, I'm as hard on myself and my own work as I am anybody else's. Like I'll, I'll criticize myself as Scott, as the actor for being not very good in that scene. And you've heard me do it. So, um, I'm not offended. You know, I don't offend myself. So, (laughs) And if, and I've also pointed out in, in, you know, recent press the last couple of years about certain storylines that I didn't think were, uh, contributing uh, as mightily as I thought they could have uh, uh, to the overall arc of, of what Gilmore Girls is and has become for the fans. So I, I feel a very, I feel very protective of it. So I want it to be great. And that's really all these reactions are, are coming from. So I'm going to be as honest about my performance as I am uh, and my character uh, uh, arc as, as anybody else's. So there you go. Wait, so we have to go backwards for a second to how many classic lines are in this episode. How about right from the start when they had nothing to talk about at dinner? And then Lorelai says, did you know a butt model makes $10 a day? And then, I mean, I was dying laughing right from the start because then Richard comes home and Emily says, we're in here, just follow the crickets. Right, (laughs) exactly. That episode had line after line after line. It was mm-hmm. so well written. It, you know, that's evidence. When she started talking about the Kennedys and how they, you know, debate every subject mm-hmm. under the sun and it's so culturally elevated at their dinner tables, like she would know. Um, but I guess Life magazine did a <laughs> did a piece on them back in the 60s and how all Life educated Life magazine they were. is a great reference right, right there. And and mm-hmm. it just it just shows how Emily so much aspires to you know, yeah. to keep culture, right? And and Trix is savvy. Like, Lorelai makes the joke, and Trix says, was that a joke? And then she says, yes. And she's like, well done. And then later in the night, you know, Lorelai makes another joke, and Trix says, we, we've had enough jokes for the, for the mm-hmm. night. You know, mm-hmm. like, she just is, Trix is whip smart. Trix is a humorless person. <laughs> she is a humorless woman obsessed with her own power. See, I don't hate her as much as you do. I think she's just sort of straight out of central casting of the snooty, kind of mean grandma who who has the mama's boy and is mean to the daughter-in-law, but really oh, is kind of cool. She She's not cool. She'd have lasted five minutes in my house. Huh? <laughs> my mom would have my mom would have said, what did you just say to me? But you make a great point because what if she went to the diner to meet Luke? I don't think Luke and Trix would have vibed. Yeah, but I wouldn't have cared. Right. I don't vibe with anybody. I mean, look, look at look at how I try to vibe with Lorelai. I'm a I'm a you know I'm terrible at it. I don't I can't vibe with anybody. My timing's off. I get nervous. I, you know I don't say anything. I'm a, I'm a. I think Luke vibes with Emily. I do. They have their problems, but every encounter we've had, they do vibe. You know, maybe sometime we could. (laughs) Maybe we could. (laughs) I mean, that's how close he is, right? He can't even ask her out on a date. The the timing always gets screwed up. The guy's, uh, I don't know. 
He's such a lox. Sometimes. I mean, this episode is kind of wild because we haven't even gotten into the Tristan, Rory. Oh, good God. Tristan, Paris. So Tristan and Rory really are becoming friends. Well, I, I think it's really more, you know, uh, I think it's real Rory being more like a counselor or a life coach to that yes. kid. You know, because yes. she's she's aware of of his his soft spot now and he's mm-hmm. really not this this scary guy and he's just a vulnerable kind of and he's not terribly bright let's let's just he's in he's in that school because his dad you know paid somebody to put his dumb son in there because the kid's <laughs> not very bright because uh, he's like you know because his reactions to rory's analysis of the situation and and said he goes really you want me to, to be with uh, paris anyway you know uh, <laughs> He's he's like a dumb, pretty kid who's really rich. Yeah, I like your take that she isn't she isn't afraid of him anymore. No. But I thought that conversation they had of their kiss was quite sweet because, you know, they, they both want to talk. They chalk it up to a, they were both having a bad day. And then, you know, he says, I kissed you. You cried. And she says it was a nice kiss. Like mm-hmm. I was, it, it, you know, it wasn't a, a crying material kiss. And then right. they kind of bond. Then he kind of is cool guy. Want to try it again? Well, that's just because he's dumb. You know, he doesn't he doesn't get what she's saying. She, he, she she they're on such different levels. I mean, she she feels sorry for him at this point and to the point where like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. You know, the the uh, I don't know. It's like playing a trick on getting even with Paris, right? To set him up with that idiot. (laughs) Because you know it's not going to work out. She knew it wasn't going to end well. (laughs) See, I love your perspective, but I, as I, and it could be because I'm a woman and I just saw it so sweet. I loved their, oh, they're getting along and they're so sweet and they're kind of bonding over their kiss, even though it wasn't right. And then he's sort of, you know, he's sort of becoming friends with Rory and, you know, she says, you need someone with substance. Try Paris. And he's yeah. going, you know, okay, like, you're kind of like a mentor to me now. Okay, let, let's try it. I'm going to take your advice. But he doesn't have any substance. How could he be with somebody of substance when he is completely vacuous mm. human being? I mean, he's like, he's such a puppy dog and he's so dumb that's, that Summer, Summer <laughs> is like, you know, got him on a leash. He, you know, he, he around that party. Well, where are you going? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I said, "Well, well, baby, I'm going to be over here with these fellas. Who cares what you want?" <laughs> Spits in his face, I mean, and actually, they're like, "Summer, why are you doing this?" You know, no. You know, I I'm mean, like, "Wow, you are right." Rory thinks the guy's pathetic. There's nothing to be afraid of. Let's just set him up with Paris because I mean, she's pathetic too. And this will be fun to watch. I mean, now she's getting her kicks at the private school with these dopey kids, right? And she's far more mature. She's far more self-sufficient. She's far more able to deal with the world because of who her mom is. Her mom has a backbone of iron. So now Rory has a backbone of iron, even though she's she's such a soft touch and such a... She hasn't lost her sweetness and she hasn't lost her heart. Neither has Lorelai. Right. So, I mean, you're not wrong. None of what you say is wrong. And she's in this private school with these psychos. I mean, they're completely crazy people. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I mean, you know, Paris shows up at the front door ranting and raving about her clothing. And she's like screaming the whole time. 
She goes, and I didn't know what to bring. And so I just brought one of everything and I didn't know what to do. I mean, she, that girl needs to be institutionalized. Are you kidding me? She's running around in a private school. Smart as a whip. Doesn't think, you know, dating's necessary because how does that get you into college? You know, this kind of thing. I mean, she's wacko. I mean, this is what's so funny because none of what you're saying is wrong. Although I just looked at it with such a different view like oh it's so sweet and they're bonding and they're going in Lorelai's closet and Rory's helping and Paris I looked at it as like Paris was so lost like this is her biggest moment of her life she finally gets to go on a date with this dude she doesn't know what to wear she needs help she can't ask the other two girls because they're so mean you know so she's turning to Rory and Rory's helping her she is helping her because Rory is a she doesn't judge she knows what she's dealing with she knows that Paris is is hell bent for leather. And if, and, and Rory's such a mature, sweet kid that she's going to befriend this person, try to help her out because Paris is headed for destruction. She's got an appetite for destruction. This one. I mean, she's just, she's so insecure and so angry all the time. And you know, who cares where it's from? She just is, yeah. you know, yeah. if it's her parents or whatever, but it's like, you know, Rory is so strong a person that she's going to try to help this girl out. She's going to give her her mom's clothes. She's going to set her up with, with Tristan. And, you know, she's a good kid. And she now she sees these private school kids aren't so, you know, she's smarter than they are. Yeah. They, you know, she, she can keep up. She can do the work. She can do the reading, you know. And she's, you know, she's probably 10, 15 years older than them, emotionally speaking. Without without being closed off, and I don't I don't think she's necessarily messing with people, but she knows that standing in front of her with a pile of clothes in her foyer is a raving lunatic <laughs> who needs her friendship, who needs to have a friendship. This is what is so fascinating. Everything you're saying is right, even though I also saw it in a totally different way. But that's but like, there too. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, uh, that is yeah. there too. It's her being a friend. But but it's like it's like Rory standing back and listening to this and looking at this person like, oh my God, is yeah. she a mess? You, you, know? you are right that now, same thing with Tristan. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be intimidated by any of these people no, anymore. no. And I think that is giving her a, a leg up or yeah. something. So now we see the advantage that she has coming from such a spectacular mom who did it her yeah. own way and gave her this strength and gave her this independence and gave her this desire to uh, succeed academically. Cause that's really, I mean, that that's not lost because Lorelai made some bad decisions or, or life happened to Lorelai. You know, this happens to a lot of people. So what do you think about the money? Because that was interesting in that I don't think Emily was manipulating Lorelai. I think she was saying this money is going to change things. And Lorelai listened and was like, at first, Lorelai's like, she can have the money. It's all good. And then she listened to Emily in the same way Emily was threatened by that money and that she would lose what she loves, which is having her daughter and her granddaughter in her life. But I think Trix, you know, made a major misstep by not discussing this first in a respectful way with Richard and Emily. Like, what do you think? But she just kind of bowled her way in and said, I'm thinking of doing this. And she did it right. She didn't right right in front of Lorelai. 
And yeah. this is the first time Emily heard of it. It's the first time Richard heard of it. And, it, you know, maybe she discussed it with Richard and he just sat on his little tricycle and went... No, I, I look, I, Trix is never going to do the appropriate thing because she's just not that way. That was inappropriate. That was mm -hmm. really inappropriate. And even though it's very, it's very generous, mm -hmm. um, completely understandable how uh, Emily was was be getting unnerved by it. I don't blame her. Yeah, and we've known from the start that Emily used the money that she gave to Lorelai to give to Rory because she used that to her advantage to be able to have them in her life because that's ultimately what she cares about, even though it's misguided right. at times. And, totally understandable. Yeah, and this threatened that, which is yeah. was the ultimate threat to Emily and why uh, Emily yeah. just became so... Yeah distraught basically by it and how dare how dare tricks come into this house yeah. and blow up my potential relationship with my granddaughter and my daughter and who does she think she is coming in here doing this richard step in and do something you know he's not going to do anything he's just going to go oh what what does he say he says yes yes mother your your every wish is my command. <laughs> he leads her up to the bedroom. It's like, what? Yeah, I don't think Richard felt threatened by the money and that he would lose. I don't think Richard thinks he's no, going to no. lose Lorelai and Rory like Emily does. Richard's like, I think Richard has such a bond with Rory now that mm -hmm. he doesn't feel like anything's going to prevent that. You know, and we know that because Trick said, my son is very fond of you. And Rory says, I'm very fond of him. They have that bond that we've seen since they went golfing. And it's, it's solid. Mm -hmm. Nobody mentions how fond he is of Lorelai. <laughs> right. They have more tension. They've got tension. They've mm -hmm. got real tension. Yeah. In fact, I think they have as much, if not more tension than Lorelai and Emily. I think you could be right. And I think that you need to keep that tension. It needs to be taught. It needs to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's one of the, the big engines of that show. That's maybe the primary complicated. engine of that show. That it, yeah, it is complicated. And it's, God, boy, I tell you, though, man, this tricks. Whew. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so I want to know from everybody before we get into pop culture. Do you like tricks or do you dislike tricks? I got to tell you, man, uh, I dislike it. I don't like that attitude. You know, that doesn't wash with me. I was raised different. It's like, nah. <laughs> you know, uh, my family would have put her in her place real fast. I would have to agree with Scott, but I do love her for this show. <laughs> like when she came on screen and she started giving Emily a run for her money, I... Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, yeah, entertainment value-wise, it's way up there because the, the character is so absurd that you just have to laugh at it. And it, it was really funny. There's there's no... I mean, she had the best lines of the whole yeah. episode. I mean, she had several great lines. Um, but uh, anyway, what do you think, Riley? Yeah. What's your opinion? I think I think there's a charm to her. I don't know. I, I don't know. I know she's, like, rude and very hurtful to Emily and others, but I kind of like her a little bit. She's got charm like a serial killer. <laughs> Jesus. It's the best kind. What's in her freezer? <laughs> I don't know if I like her or not. I, I definitely think she helps me to understand Richard. 
she that whole sort of like entanglement with all of them and how they interacted was totally enjoyable to watch and also yeah i mean i don't know if i'd like want to be her bestie who wants to bend over to be nice to somebody who's so condescending i mean mean, it's like marion ross herself said she was crabby yeah i mean it's like it's not just a multi-generational gap it's like this woman walks in from the 1600s and starts, you know, s- dumping on everybody. It's like, wow, it's not going to fly. By the way, fly. we even talked about this. How yeah. gorgeous does Marion Ross still look in her 90s? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Trix looks older 20 years ago uh, than Marion Ross does now. They yes. really changed Marion Ross's look to play Trix. Right. Yeah, she's a... Uh, she's a hoot, Marion Ross. She's a fabulous like, actress. Isn't yeah, she? yeah. I mean, she goes from Mrs. Cunningham to that. Well, and what's crazy oh is it was 25 years after Mrs. Cunningham. Yeah. Like, it was like, she was very young when she played Mrs. Cunningham. Was she? Well, yeah, she's 92 now. So she, so that was 50 years ago. So she's in her 40s. Yeah. I mean, she was right, the right age. Well, yeah, she, she was younger than Mrs. Cunningham must have been because like, Richie was in his twenties. How old was uh, How old is Henry Winkler now? Henry Winkler is seventy five. So that okay. was so he was twenty five ish. And also sidebar, and I know we have to take a break. Henry Winkler is the nicest man on the planet. <laughs> there is no one nicer. He is. Uh, oh my god! He never so had nice. never had the pleasure. Oh, the, the nicest the nicest person I've ever met in Hollywood was John Ritter. Well, here's the thing. You are correct. And the third nicest is Ron Howard. And the three of them were all pals. Henry Winkler's two best friends are Ron Howard and John Ritter. (laughs) And they're the three nicest people you will ever meet. That's the superpower. I feel honored that I've met all three. They're Marvel characters, man. Yeah. The the nice guys. (sighs) All right. Well, I guess we need to take a break. And then Riley better... I'm exhausted. Entertained us. I know. This is like heavy stuff. I mean, besides having all the blood taken out of my veins today uh, from my Wait, physical. Wait, did you give blood? Oh, you got, oh, you had no, blood No, I had work. a physical. I had a physical. Are you going to live? Well, I, yeah. Yeah. I, well, they haven't, they just, you know, they had that, the lab results aren't back yet. I'll Seems let you dicey. know. dicey. No, no, no. I, I have, you know, I take a physical every year and today. We have a lot morning. of episodes to go, Scott. <laughs> We need you. Uh, we need you to like to hang around. I'm gonna hang in there. I'm gonna hang okay. in there. I'll tell you that uh, that prostate exam wasn't too fun. Oh, though. that was that, no, that, that was that like you know that was a Chevy Chase moment where I was like talking to the doctor and all of a sudden Moon River. <laughs> wow, Doc, you ever served time? <laughs> Have you said right? Have you served time? <laughs> That's what he said to the doctor. Riley, oh my God. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh my, my God. Goodness. All right. Okay. We're coming uh. back in a minute. We're coming back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, I'm Bethany Joy Lenz. I'm Hillary Burton Morgan. And I'm Sophia Bush. And we are doing a virtual event in September in honor of One Tree Hill Day, September 23rd. OTH Day for the OTH fam. And this podcast family is going to be benefiting Kind Campaign with this event. They work to end bullying in schools, and we just love them. That's right. The drama queens are so excited to hang out with you guys on our very special day. So all the information is going to go up on loopedlive.com. There is more information coming soon. That's L-O-O-P-E-D live.com. The drama queens are coming to you live from the iconic Beverly Hilton Hotel. That's loopedlive.com for tickets. Hello. There she is. How are you, Marion? I'm pretty darn good, really. You're looking considering, great. Considering. <laughs> considering. <laughs> it's nice to see you, Scott. It's nice to see you too. So let's get into this. Let's let's start talking right. Gilmore in these episodes, which you were so fantastic in. And I'll I'll give us a little I I don't think I have to do a big ramp up. Everybody knows who you are. But I'll give you a little introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by the illustrious uh, uh, Marion Ross, who played uh, the role of Lorelei, Trix Gilmore, a total of six episodes from 2000 to 2005 in Gilmore Girls. 
Um, and I want to just sort of start out with uh, some fan questions. A lot of fans, you know, they communicate with us and they want to know certain things. So we we want to ask you, Marion, uh, you're the third Lorelei, another Lorelei Gilmore uh, grandmother, uh, and Rory's great-grandmother, Richard's mother. Uh, what do you remember about Gilmore Girls specifically? What do I love about it? I, I love because we were barely ready to go on, and then we were shooting it. Now we're shooting it, you know? Right. So uh, it was it was always so much fun because I was always a little under-rehearsed, you know? And uh, maybe not quite sure what I was wearing, too. Really? Under-rehearsed? It sure didn't come off that way. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm so... I'm very, very proud of of the 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 the, the, fun, the creative cast. You know, the right. very creative people. Right. 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 It, it's it was a it was a tremendous, it was a tremendous cast. So you, you're absolutely iconic on the roles in Happy Days. This is another fan question in the Love Boat. How did you get the role of Tricks on Gilmore Girls? Tell us a little bit about that process. Well, it's so funny. You get a phone call and and it was I think it was Amy Palladino, something. And uh, I wasn't really too familiar with her. And so, but she knew that I was used to doing sitcoms. And I said, well, that would be fine. And but I'm not I'm not a very crabby person. I'm just a very smiley world's nicest person. So this was why what she kept wanting to, to her the mother to be crabby, you know, so that was, that was fun for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did it so well. That was, those, these episodes are so great. Really funny. So you said before you're the opposite of this character. You're a very sunny, happy person. You took on the role. What, what was that like? Did you really, so you really enjoyed it. You really enjoyed playing that character. I do. I, I love being uh, grouchy. Grouchy and, and crabby, you know. I think this is so much fun, and I, I just I love I love the cast so much. And you you were wonderful, darling. Oh, thank yeah. you, thank you so yes. much. Yes, yeah, and you were so handsome. Yeah, yeah, I used to be. Yeah, something happened. <laughs> no, very <laughs> handsome. We all were just having a good time. Yes, you know? we 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 truly were. Um, so. Let me, you know, there's something about, you know, the bigger actors that come on to the set and people want to know, did you get a lot of direction or any direction at all from uh, the directors uh, that you worked with? No, actually, I, I, in in my memory, I'm thinking that I didn't get a a lot of direction. Uh, They had hired you, although I was supposed to be very crabby you know i was a crabby person instead of being so sunny i wasn't mrs c at all mm-hmm. so so uh, <laughs> i and i i just it was it was just so fun because you kids were all so young yes you were all young we right were. we were <laughs> well i wasn't i mean i got i was 40 i was 40 or 41 when i got that job so um really yeah 
Yeah, I wasn't. I, I I felt young. I wasn't young, but I felt young at the time. I yeah. don't know if the public knows this, but in Hollywood, forty young, forty one is quite young because we we are such big liars. We've been lying about our age for so long that nobody knows <laughs> that we we passed forty, we passed fifty, and now we're now we're passing sixty. <laughs> Do you know how old I am now? Do you want to know how old I am? Sure. I'm 92. Oh, my goodness. Come I on. am 92 and three quarters. I can't believe Is that it. possible? You don't, you do not look anywhere close to 92. Well, this, I come from, from Minnesota uh-huh. and this, the Scotch-Irish in me uh-huh. has got these rosy cheeks, you know, and also I'm, I'm quite healthy uh-huh. and smart. You know, I'm smart, you uh-huh. know, smart as a whip. There you go. <laughs> that helps. You know, let's talk a little bit about happy days. Um, uh, we can't not talk about it. You know, are, you're, are you recognized walking down the street when you go out uh, uh, as, as Marion Cunningham when you go out? It's so funny. It's getting to be kind of so many years ago. Um, so I'm not really recognized, especially in Hollywood. There are so many actors. There's actors in every neighborhood here. Mm-hmm. So it is you. You can be an innocent bystander, but I I have enjoyed my career so much, and uh, I like being a nice person. What What was nice about the Gilmore Girls was I got to be crabby. Uh-huh. Crabby. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't right. so nice. Right. And it's very lovely to not be so nice all the time. Yes, it is. What are your fondest memories of ha- working on Happy Days? Huh. We have so many. We did two hundred and sixty-eight shows. Did you, you know. Really? Yeah, and we had an audience out there live. Yes. So that was so much fun. And you know what? We also they decided to put us into a softball team. So, okay. So now they took the Fonz, who'd never played softball in his life, and they trained Henry Winkler to pitch. So he became the pitcher. Ron Howard had been playing ball all his life. So he's first base. So we played softball. And then we they flew us to Europe. We played softball in the army camps. Can you believe that? Wow. It was a very important part of the, of our relationship. Huh. So gosh, happy days was similar to Gilmore girls and how the military <laughs> would rally around it to see comfort. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I get a lot of that from uh, current uh, military veterans, you know, Iraqi war veterans, Af- Afghan war veterans. And they, oh my they, they said they go out on patrol and they'd come back to the barracks and watch Gilmore girls. So oh my gosh, yes. how wonderful. Yeah. Happy days. Wow. Yeah. Um so tell us about Ed Herman. What was it like wor- working with Ed? Because because these these scenes you guys do together, you Kelly and Ed are just fantastic. What was it like working with Ed and Kelly? I really admire Ed Herman. He's a wonderful actor. I've been watching him on television doing live shows out of CBS. Uh, he's a wonderful and he's from the East and he's so dignified. He's and it was it was a treat just to be with him. He's quite a gentleman. Treated me so well. It was uh, it was fun with Ed Herman. Uh-huh. He he's got all the background. Oh yeah. Quite a resume. Um so 
with so much uh, wisdom that you've gained over a long career, what advice would you have for anyone, say, trying to make it in the acting world? What would you uh, What would you advise them to do? I want them to take it very seriously because you want to earn a living out of this. Yeah. And you want to make a lot of friends. And all the friends you make are going to give you a chance in the next show. And so try to get along with everybody. Don't be temperamental. You, you want to be a serious actress. So it was a great thrill to go to plays. I would, I would read uh, all kinds of books about acting. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. serious. Mm -hmm. Did you, were you a serious young actor? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I read all the books. I read all the Stanislavski. I was at the actor studio oh, in New York. Right. I read all the Shakespeare I could get my hands on. I studied, studied, yeah. studied, studied. I did off Broadway. I never got on Broadway. Uh, yeah. but I did, I was doing off, off and off Broadway, you know, Samuel Beckett theater, that kind of stuff. So what makes you happy these days? What do you, what are you doing these days? You working, you, you, you working on stuff. What are you doing? I'm, I'm a naturally very happy person. I don't put a lot of pressure on myself. I have a good time. I call my house here Happy Days Farm, <laughs> and it's a, a good acre plus, oh, wow. or maybe two acres, maybe. Wow. Yeah, I think so. So it's pretty nice. Wow. I, uh, and when I think of my childhood in Minnesota, uh, I slept in the basement, and it really is really a basement. Huh. Really a basement. I didn't have anything as oh, a kid. Okay. But my mother was a Canadian and she was filled with hopes and dreams and just Irish enough, you know. So uh, I, I always had a dream and I always lived a dream. And by the time I was uh, 21 years old, I was under contract to Paramount Studios. Mm. Wow. Wow. And in those days, they would hire a, a bunch of young people that they hoped to train and make make stars out of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the old and system. One of the young stars that I was just in scenes with was Audrey Hepburn. Oh, my goodness. You just wanted to go out and kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. She was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. All right, Marion. Look, uh, it was a pleasure catching up with you, and we'd love to have you back on if you can carve out another 20 minutes for us in the not-too-distant future. Well, I look forward to seeing you again. Okay. All the best to you, Marion. Take care. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, that was uh, amazing. Marion Ross uh, was a great guest uh, filled with I mean, just the stories coming out of her with the people that she's worked with and what she's accomplished in the business. And uh, so let me, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her because uh, I didn't get to uh, at the top of this. She hails from Albert Lee, Minnesota. And after college at San Diego State University, she uh, began her career under contract at Paramount Studios in the 50s uh, with live TV at CBS and life with father. Uh, she's a the, she's proudest of performing with Noel Coward, which we talked about in Blythe Spirit Live at CBS. Sir No, Claudette Colbert, wow, big names, and Lauren Bacall, hello. 
in 2001, she received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And in 2008, uh, was the renaming and dedication of the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center in her hometown of Albert Lee. Uh, Marion is associate artist at the Globe Theater in San Diego and last appeared there in the summer of 2010 in The Last Romance with her darling and late Paul Michael. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. All right, everybody, we're back. This is Scott Patterson. I am all in podcast, iHeartRadio, 111 production. Riley, pop culture time. I'm Riley, and this is your pop culture. First, we have Emily makes such a big deal about tricks, and Lorelai says, I still can't get over the fact that I'm related to God. It's going to make getting Madonna tickets so much easier. 
So this is probably in reference to Madonna's Like a Prayer. Madonna is arguably the most iconic pop star in history with hits like Vogue, Like a Virgin, and Don't Cry for Me, Argentina. And she was fired from Dunkin' Donuts after squirting jelly on a customer on one of her first jobs. She suffers from brontophobia, the fear of thunder and lightning, and Sting is the godfather of her son, Rocco. Rory says, not all... Rory says, not all girls want to be queen. Even Barbie ended up being a stewardess. So Rory explains to Paris not all girls want to be queen when they're talking about their democracy project. And is Barbie considered a pop culture reference in the zeitgeist of pop, pop culture? We have the points, but we want to really know if Barbie is pop culture. Barbie is and isn't. It's like, it's almost like it's so obvious. Everyone knows what Barbie is. Give us, give us a little Barbie fact, but... Mm. Barbie is the essence of pop culture. Barbie was created by an engineer who actually worked at the Pentagon. And the first Barbie sold for $3 each. And today, an original in mint condition could be likely fetched nearly $25,000 at an auction. Wait a minute. What did you just say? It was invented by somebody who worked at the Pentagon? A military That's person. Correct. Yep, he used to work at the Pentagon and then invented the Barbie. What a strange story. It's it's a definitely a different career path from the Pentagon. Well, well, I just developed the ICBM, and now I've got some side interests. I'm going to build a <laughs> this very statuesque plastic doll. <laughs> it's bringing joy in a different way. <laughs> Next, we have Trix refers to Emily and Lorelai fighting at tea to a scandal involving Sarah Ferguson, Dutch of York. Trix says, it's like watching Fergie all over again. <laughs> Trix was referring to the former wife of Prince Andrew, Duke of York, the third child of Queen Elizabeth II, and they actually filed for divorce in 1996. But in a twist, the Duke and Duchess remain good friends as they have been for many years. They have two daughters together, Beatrice and, Eug Beatrice and Eugenie. Isn't it Eugenia? I heard Eugenie, but well, I can say both. Well, yeah. I mean, I could do an accent if it make it a little funnier. No, no, make yeah, it British. Do it, do it, do it. Yeah, make it British. Come on. She's royalty. The two have daughters together, Beatrice and Eugenia, nice. or Eugenie. Very good. Very Beatrice good. was married in 2020 and Eugenia in 2018. Excellent. That's good. That's good stuff. Riley. <laughs> Don't bring them. I can't go away. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do it again. Hit us again with it, Easton. Hit us again. Don't bring him, I can't go away. <laughs> I anyway. met Fergie and I remember it was like a long time ago. So it was like, I don't know, probably 30, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. And the big thing was you can't touch royalty. Hmm. So we had to mic her. But I'm trying to remember how we did it because normally I just like mic you. I throw a mic on you and throw the pack in your pocket or, you know in your back and we couldn't mic her. So I think somebody else had to do it because you can't touch the princess mm, mm. or I guess the duchess. Oh, you could touch her now. No, she, Fergie? I think I, I don't You still know. can't touch Fergie. Not sure. She's like booted out of the family, right? I, mean, she's... <laughs> I don't, I think at the time she was a duchess cause it was like in the nineties. Right. So maybe now you could touch her. Does she retain the title? Hmm. <sighs> Is we're going to have to do a Is she like Meghan Markle out of the picture there? <laughs> we're going to have to do a deep dive on that. Yeah, we got to find out if we can touch Fergie. Get back to you. Yeah. Can we I, touch Fergie? In the Fergie? 90s, I could not touch her. Not in the 90s. <laughs> okay, keep going, Riley. All right, that answers a lot of questions for me. Rory says, Louie, 
I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And this is a quote from Casablanca, um, starring Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. 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 I had it on there. I, I told you. There. Did you I say Bergman? Ingrid Bergman? I I, you should see my notes. It literally says, like iceberg. And I still said it wrong. Ingrid Iceberg? <laughs> starring Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. Bergman. Starring Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. Yes. <laughs> Sam's piano in the movie sold for... <laughs> <laughs> Sam's piano in the movie sold for more than $600,000 at a New York auction in December of 2012. Who loves black and white movies here? Oh, yeah. Absolutely great movie. It only sold for six hundred grand In 2012. Wow, mm. God. Louis says, We'll turn you from a sweet Sandy to a slutty Sandy. Mm. Dancing at the school fair with high heels, black spandex, and permed hair. This is a reference to Sandy, played by Olivia Newton-John, in the, in the musical Grease. I love anything Grease. I love those. I love that outfit at the end, the tight black leggings. That outfit, Olivia Newton-John was sewed into her spandex pants because they were so tight. How did she go to the bathroom? She couldn't. <laughs> you're the one that I want. That's when they sing, you're the one that I want. She's singing it to a toilet? What? <laughs> she just never went to the bathroom. I want you so bad. Do you not remember the end of Greece when you make she me says, gush? What? She comes out and she, she looks all hot, and the guys are like, what? And she goes, tell me about it, stud. And then she steps on her cigarette, and then John Travolta is like, ah! like it's the best scene. I love uh, that. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. And John Travolta and Olivia Newton John are still friends today. I love of it. course they are. Lorelai says, I have to change and go to tea with Gran and the cast of Gaslight. <laughs> this is when she's talking to Rory when she's getting ready for tea. Gaslight is a 1944 American psychological thriller about a husband trying to drive his wife insane in order to distract her from criminal activities. Yeah. You know what's so funny about gaslighting? It was so like a thing that no one ever used that word. Mm -hmm. And now yeah, it's like it. yeah. everywhere. And The Bachelor recently, yeah. The Bachelorette yeah. was a big gaslighting thing. And then like... It's such a it's such a hot word right now. Don't gaslight me. But it's so perfect because you think about how Trix gaslights Emily and all that she does <laughs> and all the gaslighting that's going on in Gilmore Girls. I don't know if I'd call it gaslighting. I don't know if I'd call it gaslighting either. She's just her way. She, she, does, she's, she hasn't put that much thought into it. She's just being totally. herself. Exactly. Yeah. 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 She's just crabby. Yeah. Just in the words of Marion Ross, crabby. She's just ornery. Ornery. Yeah, ornery. Ornery is good, too. Louis says, those who simply wait for information to find them spend a lot of time by sitting by the phone. Those who go out and find it themselves have something to say when it rings. Louis says this quote when Paris is out talking to Tristan, and Louis and Rory are debating whether they should go out there, too. Rory says, Nisha? And Louis says, Dawson. Ugh. <laughs> Rohr is referring to a German philosopher whose work has been profoundly influential in Western philosophy, while Louise is referring to Dawson Leary, James Vanderbeek, and the central character on the teen drama series Dawson's Creek. Practically the same people. They're practical. They're so similar. <laughs> did you say Nietzsche? What, how did you say it? She definitely said it wrong, by the way. Nietzsche. I just, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah. Nietzsche? Yeah. Did you say Nietzsche? No, Nietzsche. 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 Yeah. <laughs> no, Riley. Do it right. Do it right. Just do it right. Nietzsche. 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 
Friedrich Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Friedrich Nietzsche. This is how you become a superstar. This is this is like the trial by fire. This is it. The gauntlet. <laughs> Just be a total mess Becoming up. Becoming Riley. There's going to be a Netflix is going to be a, do a documentary of the abuse you took on the show called Becoming Riley. Don't you Riley. just want to say to Riley, you have one job. You have one job. <laughs> one Nietzsche. job to get these things right. And every time it's Yeah, but where's she ever going to, how is she going to research how to Bergman. say Nietzsche? YouTube. You can go on YouTube. Type that in, and then you listen to someone say it right. She didn't, but she didn't get Ingrid Bergman right. Did you, uh, Riley, let me ask you something. When you were go, when you were going to school, did mm-hmm. did they assign Nietzsche? Absolutely not. Did they assign Kierkegaard? Did they assign any of these people? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why, because you never heard a teacher say it exactly, out loud. Exactly. It's not her fault. I know. I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy that she can't get this right. She has we're dealing job. with a budding superstar here. We're molding. <laughs> A, a person with great potential here. And so she's... busy working on her accents that she, but it's fine, Riley. <laughs> Keep going. My Netflix documentary is going to be Don't Bang on My Can. Just wait for it. <laughs> no, no, no. You got to do the voice. Don't bang on my can. Go away. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it. Don't bang on my can. Our last pop culture for reference for this episode, Lorelai says, <laughs> Lucy, how many times have I told you not to butt in on people's business in a Ricky Ricardo voice? Or, Lucy, how many times have I told you not to butt in on people's business? <laughs> I mean, oh my God. It's I mean, so that's kind of like th- sort of halfway there. I mean, I, I she kind of got the essence of the accent. This is not Ricky Ricardo. I, but I, I kind of got that. I got it from her. God. Pretty well done. Maybe keep working on it. Next week, bring it back. Let's let's bring it back in the next episode. We can- it was not Ricky Ricardo. You know who I love more than Desi Arnaz was Desi Arnaz Jr. He was so hot on the Brady Bunch. Anyway. Desi Arnaz Jr. on the Brady Bunch? Yes. Yes. Take some time and rewatch that episode. Oh, no. I have so much free was- time. Yes. I'll be doing that tonight, actually. I'm canceling all my plans. No football game, no no Tampa Bay. I'm not even going to give you a hard time because I still have like whatever. My your son saw can was. read his own books to put I himself to sleep. I still haven't gotten to your saw. I, I redid saw one, and I was going oh. in order, and I haven't gotten to saw two yet. So I think you're down. What are you saw four? <laughs> are you saw four? Sorry, Scott. Four, We're five, sorry. and yeah. I'll get to five, it. Yeah. I'll get to it. I'll All get right. to it. All right. I love saw. I love the saw Spending movies. But anyway, your time wisely. Is it time for me to give my line? Let me give my favorite. Yeah, line. give your line. So this episode had a thousand brilliant lines, but this was my favorite. It did. Lorelai's at the inn and she answers the phone and her mom says, I need the hat rack. And she says, the fish flies at night. (laughs) She covered the phone. Fish flies. Oh, and the whole bit about the secondhand present was also genius. The whole thing, that whole scene, I loved. Riley, what was your favorite line? I love when Paris is getting ready and Rory finds her note cards and she says... Yeah, just some reference points, really. You know, subjects to bring up in case the conversation lags. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's so true. That's genius. What? Uh, my, my, there was too many to pick, so I'm just going to pick one because it was the most uh, curt. And if brevity is the soul of wit, then Emily's saying when, when, when Trick said, Oh, Richard's side of the family never gets sick, do they? But Emily, she's constantly <laughs> sick. And then Lorelai goes, Mom, you're sick? She goes, Headache. 
<laughs> so good. That it was, was great. So good. That episode was just the, some of the best lines ever. A hond run. A hond run. I agree. Nietzsche. So there we go. Nietzsche again. Who is Nietzsche? Nietzsche. <laughs> See? Nietzsche. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, Riley, for another invigorating (laughs) session of pop culture. They are getting better and deeper and funnier. And I think what we have here is a budding superstar in Riley. (laughs) We're bringing her along slowly because we know the potential here and we don't want to rush her. But, man, (laughs) she's going to end up taking over the show. I got to tell you, some some of these impressions and accents you're doing... Now, we need to work on the pronunciation of philosophers' names a little bit, maybe, but that's, you know, it's a small price to pay for what we're getting in return. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, anyway, excellent job to Riley, to Amy, to Danielle Romo. You were really and- good in this uh, episode, Scott, because we didn't talk about the fact that you're not in it. Talk about what? You're not in it. Uh, it was the best performance I ever gave. Through the whole 154 episodes, the one I wasn't in, because people kept wondering, when is he going to show up? And <laughs> that's the power of Luke. <laughs> so good. Uh, but it wasn't Marion Ross amazing. Oh, wasn't she, she amazing? Is. What a regal, regal, talented yes. person, right? And she still, is not crabby. She's no, not, she's not. She's nothing like not. that character. Thank God. Nothing. But what what a what an instrument to be able to play that kind of music, you know? Because she can play mm-hmm. any song you throw at her, mm-hmm. and that Trixie song, boy, that's a loud, blaring yeah. song that you just want yeah. to turn off um, while enjoying listening to it. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it. Uh, next week, what are we doing? What are we doing next week? Emily in Wonderland. Oh, em- well, we're going to do Emily in Wonderland, and we've got a very. Yep. Very, very, very special guest. I'm very excited to have this guest. Mm-hmm. When, when, when Amy told me about this guest, I, uh, my wife even went crazy. She Ooh. was like, "Oh my, oh no, oh yeah." I she love was it. like, "Oh, can I be on the episode too? <laughs> I want oh, to talk." Oh, tell your wife she certainly can. Nah, anytime you, she wants. You don't, you don't want to do that. Keep it no. as a surprise. People will find out next. She'll week. take over. She'll, she'll, she's the most interesting person in the world, and she'll make me look like a. Oh my God, we need it. Yeah. I love that. I don't know. But we'll do that at some point. I don't know. We got to keep the streams separate. You know, we start crossing <laughs> okay, streams okay, here. Okay, so, yeah. okay. I don't want to get into her fashion group and take over. Can you imagine? Anyway, guys, uh, good talking. A lot of fun. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for downloading. I'm Scott Patterson, and this is the I Am All In podcast from iHeartRadio. One letter. And that's it, folks. We'll see you next week. I am Scott Patterson, and this is the I Am All In podcast from iHeartRadio and 111 Productions. We will see you next week. Have a safe one. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, 
scottyp.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, scottyp.com. Grade one specialty coffee. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.